You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. John 3.16 says to us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is God speaking. This is God acting. But I want you to note something in that verse. It says, whosoever believes should not. God cannot command that people will not perish. People now must make their choices. Praise the Lord. And that's why he has done everything he's to do. I want you to come into our meditation this morning acknowledging that God, the one with whom nothing is impossible, is for you. Praise the Lord. God is for you. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the trial. It doesn't matter whatever it is. God is is on your side praise the lord and the bible has said if god be for you or if god be for us who what can stand who can succeed against us the christian the person who knows god who has access to god has won every battle that there can be praise the lord and this is important as we go on romans 5 8 also says something similar it says god for God has demonstrated, New King James will say, King James Version will say, has commended his love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. This is how much God loves you and I that he didn't wait for us to qualify. His love qualified us. Praise the Lord. He reached out and loved us and embraced us. And this love is working for us. And it is based on this love that we can say, and we know that all things do what? Work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Okay. So having all this at the back of our minds, we come to our time. How many of us know that the world is in trying moments now? There's a lot of things happening. We started the year and it was um, with COVID-19, you know, late in February, March 19, March, you know, it began. And we can see so many other things unfolding. Those who, every, I want to believe everyone is aware of the things that are happening in the U.S. now, you know, with the George Floyd case and the protests and riots and all of that going on. And... You see, you see all these things. These are not normal things that are happening. They are the things that the Bible says when God spoke to us in Haggai 2.6 and Hebrews 12.26. Saying once more, it's a little while. It says, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. And what is the purpose of this shaking? He's shaking so that attention can come to the things that matter. 
and then eyes will be taken away or focus will be taken away from things that do not matter. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of us who are here physically, I'm sure you had a bit of more activities doing church today. If you are online, you probably wouldn't have to wear the clothes you're wearing and do the things you're doing. Now, as we begin to get back to this, what we had as normal, we must never forget the lessons that we've learned. Most of these things don't matter. Praise the Lord. Most of these things don't matter. You know, how you look when you're coming to church, whether your hair is nice, whether somebody greeted you, if you are watching online, that would not matter. And the truth is that those things are the core. And that's why shakings are core. Praise the Lord. So that the things which are not can be left on the side. You know, there is nothing wrong with accessories, but they are not the main issue. Praise the Lord. So we have all of that. And coming to our country, we are also experiencing a shaking. And I must say here that every Nigerian must continue to give thanks to God for delivering us from the COVID-19 pandemic. By whatever means, by whatever description or definition of what a pandemic is, we don't have a pandemic. Let that be clear to everybody. We might have, you know, a project that people are interested in, in getting attention from, but we don't have a pandemic. If you know, in an environment where there is a pandemic, you know, the Igbos will say, Ewuna or Koko will know. That means the goats and the chicken will know. Do you understand? We don't have a pandemic. It doesn't mean that there is no COVID-19, just like the same way there is malaria and other things. We have God shielding Nigeria and indeed Africa. Praise the Lord. So we must give him the praise for that. And I want to believe part of that is that God has promised he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. Okay, so Nigeria has its own trouble. We have a pandemic, but it's not COVID-19 pandemic. We have pandemic of terrible governance. You may have heard in the news that they've yet approved the 27 billion to renovate National Assembly. Now, we don't have hospitals. There's pandemic, unquote. And then money is being spent to renovate a meeting place that has many alternatives. And I understand that that budget, they had to squeeze it out. You know, the entire budget for 2020 has been shrunk. Now, they have to squeeze out money from education and from health so that they can make the meeting place, the sitting room of the National Assembly to be finer. If that is not a pandemic, I don't know what you call a pandemic. And I mentioned on Wednesday, in the last few weeks, we've borrowed so much money that Nigeria has never borrowed before. Now, all these things are happening at a time when our major source of income, when the product we are selling is losing value. If that is not pandemic, I don't know what is pandemic. Now, you may have heard one of the lawmakers in the federal house said he's going to resign very soon if the situation of the security in his constituency is not addressed. Some of them have actually said that they now go to Niger Republic to source help to protect them, not to mention the people in Southern Kaduna who almost have been abandoned by government. So we have a problem in our country. Now, why am I saying all of this? We that are here 
are the salt and the light. Praise the Lord. When we say these things, it's so easy to look at the people who claim they're taking over Nigeria, that their great-grandfather gave them this and all of that. Everybody, talk is cheap. That's what we know. Praise the Lord. Everybody can say anything, but for those of us here who are Christians, we want to see what is it they said to us. Our Lord Jesus Christ made it clear to us in Matthew 5, 13 and 14. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth and you are what? The light of the world. So if you're listening to me and you're watching and you are a Nigerian, it means that the things that are going on in Nigeria, that you are the soul that should do what? Solve that problem. You are the light that should illuminate the environment so that darkness will cease to fill the whole land. Now, it's important we see this. However, when in the so-called religious environment, this pandemic is also coming in and this issue is also coming in. Some of us who also are aware, I believe most of us are aware about the young lady that was raped, you know, in church. And I don't know what your response to that has been. But let me tell you something. We are in a time where they close church the same time they close nightclub, okay? And then in church, they rape the way they rape, you know, in stadiums and other places. Isn't it saying to us something that somehow the value of this thing is being eroded? If it doesn't bother you, then, you know, you need to pray to the Lord to open your eyes because the church ought to be the rallying point. It's, it's supposed to be when they want to rape somebody on the street, the person runs into the church. And when the person runs into the church, you know, the person is safe and secure. Praise the Lord. But you see, these things are happening to reveal to us that the foundations, we have issues. We have issues. And let me mention this also just for those of us who are praying for Nigeria. Let us know what we're praying. The rape case, our issues in Nigeria, is a manifestation of deeper problems. It is not just that some men or some people are randy. It is a madness that is manifested. Because if you look at the case, the one in Cross River, the one by a retired military officer, 67 or 70-something years, raping a four-year-old or something child. Then on the other side, there is one of a 20-something-year-old boy raping a 75 or 85-year-old. So you can see that these things are spiritual. They are indications of things that are wrong. Praise the Lord. Now, as I'm saying this, I want to ask you a question. Do you know that many of us, these things are not our problems? The only problem we have is what shall I eat? What shall I wear? What shall I drink? When we ask people the problems that we have now, Many people will not highlight some of these things I mentioned. Now, as I'm here, none of these things we can say has affected you or I personally. But you see, if you knew who you were, you would know that these things are affecting you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Because the Bible says to us in Matthew chapter 6, our Lord Jesus speaking to us. He says to us, therefore, do not worry, 31. Do not worry about what? what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. 32 goes on and says, for after all these things, what happens? The Gentiles seek.
But it says your heavenly father, what? Knows that you need all these things. We are making a point here now. 33 now says seek first. But, but you have a need. But it says what? But seek first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. And what will happen? And all these things shall be added to you. Now, take a step back and see. I wish you could put the whole 31, 32, 33 together and see what is going on here. Our kingdom, this kingdom you and I belong to, this faith that we have, Jesus is saying you should not worry about what you shall eat. Do not worry about what you shall drink. Do not worry about when you shall marry. Do not worry about when you shall buy the car or get the house. He said, why shouldn't you do that? He says, all these things, these things you're worrying about, the Gentiles are also what? Worrying about them. Now, he didn't say you don't need them. But he says there's a group of people who are already doing that so, you know, effectively or so necessarily. But he says you, your heavenly father knows everything that you need. Let me give you one point to take away this morning, or one of the points to take away, is that coming to church, listening to me today, say to yourself, God knows everything I need. Can you say that? Or better still, say, my father knows everything I need. Yes, you can say it again. My heavenly father knows everything I need. Now, do you know that if you had a revelation of that and it entered into your spirit, it will transform your Christian life? In fact, that is what it means to be a Christian. When the Bible says, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become what? Children of God. That, it makes the difference. Listen to me. Do you know as you're here now, you know, all the things that are going on, it makes the difference who your father is. Whether it is school fees or whether it is whatever the problem is, when the father who is comfortable, who is positioned, you know, steps in, it separates. Now, this is what the child of God has. We have a father who knows every single thing that we need. And based on that, he said in 33 now, he said, what should I do? Should I seek what I need? No, he didn't say I should seek what I need. What did he say I should do? He said I should seek what what he needs. I should seek what he needs. I should seek his kingdom. He's saying, I have a need. And the things we started with are what God needs. God is in need of his kingdom being known, his kingdom advancing. Our Lord Jesus teaching us to pray. Say we should pray in this manner. Prayer is what he desires. He said, our father which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be Thy name simply says, be known, be known. It means that the occupation, the calling of every Christian, born again Christian, is to make God known. Now we step back out of that and we come back to Nigeria. Do you know the number of people who claim to be Christians in Nigeria? Do you know the number? We have churches, you know, big churches, the biggest churches in Nigeria, at the crossover night, you know, end of the year. There are traffics, most places, I'm sure you know Muslims don't do crossover night. Do they do crossover? I don't think so. So it is a movement of the Christians. It causes traffic at midnight. 
Because people are going to churches. Now, all these people who claim or who are Christians in Nigeria, do you think that if they were seeking to make God known, that Nigeria would be the way it is? Praise the Lord. Let's even leave Nigeria too far. Let's come back to your family, amongst your in-laws, you know, in your neighborhood. Do you think if everybody who lived in that neighborhood saw that his agenda or her agenda would be to make God known, do you think that environment would be that way? Do you think so? I'm, I'm, I'm asking a question. You don't, you don't agree. You, don't, you see, what we are seeing here is this. It's a classical case of lack of discernment. Because today is uh, Holy Communion. And part of what we are going to say at the communion is that the Lord said to us, or the word of the Lord said to us, He said, if we eat this thing, if we eat this communion, if we eat those elements, not discerning, not discerning the Lord's body. He says what? We eat what? Trouble. We eat condemnation. We eat sickness. So, not discerning what you have. I'm sure you know it's better not to handle a gun or explosive if you don't know about it. It's safer to do what? To run far from it, isn't it? It's better not to even handle medicine. They say keep all medicine out of what? The reach of children. Medicine is for treatment. But when it is in the hands of those who don't discern it, it becomes poison and dangerous. What am I trying to say? The faith that we have is a powerful faith. Praise the Lord. But if we don't discern, if we don't rightly discern it, we are going to make a journey of it and then it will not benefit us or it's going to be, you know, hazardous. Jesus speaking to us here, he says, but seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. And now look at what happens at the second part. What does the second part say? He says, and what? All these things shall be added to you. This is the way it works. Your heavenly father is not saying, I will not give you. I will not let you have. But he's saying, look to me as your source. I will supply it for you. He says, I know you need it. You see, the other day I was meditating and the Lord said to me, who told you? Or rather, did you pray for your kidney or for your, uh, uh, what are the body components? You're existing as a human being now. You know, who connected the wire from your eyes to your brain? Do you understand? You see, your body was created by God. So everything you need to function as a body, God, your designer, put it and fitted it into place. And it's working. Praise the Lord. And if there's anybody sick here, the master healer will perfect all that concerns you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. But you see, he is God. Now he's saying step back and see that even now, the things that concern you that are external to your body, he says, I know how to connect them. Anybody here experienced a miracle at some point before now where you needed something and God showed you, I know what you need and I know where you are. Praise the Lord. You see, this is the core of our faith. Christians must put faith in their God as the Father. And then certainly that as he is taking care of me, I will concern myself one with his own will. 
That is why, you know, when our Lord Jesus Christ, one of the prayers he prayed, he said, never my will, not my will. That's the way I prayed that prayer. Never. I don't want to have a second of my life where my will is done. As much as God is God, I ask him, please, never my will. But what? Your will alone. Why? Because I know that my will for me will always be shortchanging me. But his will for me will always be exceedingly, abundantly, above all that what I could have asked or imagined. Now, these are the things we understand. If you look at, before I leave Matthew 6, please, 32, give me the message translation. The message translation, verse 32, puts something there. It says, people who don't know God. I want you to read that with me, please. People who don't know God and the way he works. People who don't know God and the way he works, they do what? They fuse over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Can you see something that is being shown us here? There is the knowledge of God and there is what? The way God works. That's where we started from. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The sacrifice and gift of our Lord and Savior Jesus has actually emptied hell and filled up heaven. That's what it should be. But because people don't know and they don't take advantage of this gift, what happens? People are still perishing in spite of the provision. So here, message is saying to us, people who don't know God and the way he works. Now, the journey of the Christian, we've learned here, this is eternal life that you may know God and his son Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Eternal life is the knowledge of God and then discipleship is learning how he works. Our Lord Jesus Christ said to the Jews who believed in him, Okay, if you continue in my words, if you abide in my word, then what? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? Set you free. Praise the Lord. So, he says here, there is a way he works. And, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. God said to the children of Israel, he said, Moses knew my ways. Moses knew my ways. But you see, you just knew my miracle. You know, you saw the finished product. The disciple is somebody who begins to submit himself to an apprenticeship of the way God works. Why is that important? It makes the entire difference. If you come with me to Matthew 16, it's a passage we looked at recently where... From verse 13, where Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? And, you know, the disciples started saying different things. And we saw when Peter came in and answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That is uh, verse 16. And Jesus answered and said to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 21 of this uh, Matthew 26 says, From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. And then the next verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying what? Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. This is not your portion, Jesus. I will see to it. This will not happen to you. 
Now look at 23. I'd like everybody to read it. 23. 23 says, but he turned. This is Jesus. And said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now hold it there. You know, do you know when you hear get behind me, Satan, what picture do you have? You see the picture of Jesus addressing Satan during his temptation. Now, can I tell you something? That word, Jesus used it for Satan in Luke 4, 5 to 8. He used it for Satan. And then the other time he used it for Satan was Matthew 4. Matthew 4, 8 to 10. Where he said, away with you. Now, but the one that says, get behind me, Satan. Two times the scripture records, Matthew 16, 23 and Mark 8, 33. Jesus was speaking to Peter. Jesus was speaking to who? To Peter. Now, Peter, a few moments back, we don't know whether it was seconds or minutes or hours, but a few moments back, Peter had what? Received download from the Father. But in the next moment, we see Jesus. If a preacher, if a pastor made this statement, people will condemn him. If any other person made the statement, but it's made by Jesus, and the Holy Spirit put it here. One of the things I want you to see is let us not have our own pictures of Jesus. Let us see the picture he's showing us of himself. Because you see, it's so easy to take Jesus as an enlarged ajebota who can cause no harm or do nothing like that. Remember, Jesus took, you know, whip. And drove the money changers out of the temple. What you must know about Jesus is what the Bible says about him. It says, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, the Lord your God has what? Anointed you with the oil of gladness above that of your companions. Jesus' love for righteousness is equal to his hate for iniquity. That is Jesus. The Jesus that loves iniquity is not the same Jesus. Now, it does not mean that, you see, remember, he also said, I was not sent to those who are well, but I was sent to the sick. So, what does he do with iniquity? He does not condemn. He delivers. But he does not condone. Different things. Anywhere you see Jesus, he will deal with iniquity to deliver. That's why he said to the woman that was caught in adultery, I do not condemn you. But what should you do? Go and what? Sin no more. That is what he does. He delivers, but he never condones. If you listen to anybody, preacher, whoever, read any book that makes you feel that you can close that book and continue sinning, it's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will convict you and deliver you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Anyway, so he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Jesus was the one speaking. Jesus here said, Peter, at this point, I cannot differentiate between you and Satan. Now, why did he make that statement? Look at the next one. Let's read it together. He said, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but what? The things of men. This is where I started from. Now, I started by giving us some things that are concerning that bother, if I could use the word, bother God in heaven. 
the situation of the country, the iniquity in our world, the crime, the wickedness, the selfishness, the love of self, you know, the pride all around us, all of that. These things are bothering God. But do you know what? Unfortunately, many of us, it does not bother us. And churches are being built, congregations are gathering, and the things that bother God is not on the agenda. The advert for those meetings, they are only about the things of men. So people are masters. They say this person has an anointing. What is his anointing? For fruit of the womb. This person has an anointing. What is his anointing? For breakthrough. This person has an anointing. What is his anointing? His anointing is for marriages. His anointing is for this. All those things, who do they concern? Is somebody with me? What did Jesus call that? He said that Satan. You know why? The Bible tells us in Ephesians 1, 3. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every blessing you need from God. Do you know what? God is not about to bless you. God has already what? Blessed you. The Christian is already blessed. That is how good God is. He's not about to bless. It's our inheritance. It's like the will has been written. Your name is there. The only thing remaining is time for the manifestation and your abidance by the conditions of the will. So the Christian is never to occupy himself with the things that concern men. But do you know what? As a nation, people have made the needs of men the central thing about what God is about. That's not what he's about. God is about his kingdom. When Jesus taught us to pray, say, thy kingdom what? Thy will what? Be done. Before he now goes to say, okay, give us this day what? Our daily bread. But it does not supersede the kingdom. So in the process of the kingdom, I may need to go without food. That is not what he's saying I'll do, but he's saying this is what I call you for. And I, your heavenly father, I got your back. That's what he's saying. And that is what the Christian is about. He said to Peter, Peter, the problem now is this. You are mindful. You're not crazy. You're not wicked. You're not an armed robber. But just what? You're mindful of the things of men. That's what made him Satan. If we wanted to call somebody Satan, we'll never call somebody Satan about it. So a service is held from beginning to end, two hours, one hour, three hours, four hours. All the people here is how their needs will be met. Because they have come to, unquote, a God who does not know them. So prayer points are listed. You see, when I see this thing, sometimes I feel I'm crazy. But I read the word of God and it's so clear. So the Lord said, show them this. Jesus said, this is why I called you Satan. You see, if he said to him, get deep behind me, Satan, and there was no further statement, we'll be at a loss now. Because we wouldn't know what exactly Peter did. Did Peter go into the occult and, you know, mess himself up? We don't know. But here he said, Peter, you are an offense to me. The living Bible says, you are a dangerous trap to me. Why? He said, you're thinking merely from what? A human point of view. What is that saying? He's saying the Christian is expected at all times to do what? To think from God's point of view. You know why? 
Because you have been made a child of God. He said, know you not that you are what? You are God. Something has changed about you. Something has changed. So when you have this understanding, you will now see why it is impossible to have a Christian who is a racist. Because he doesn't live here again. A Christian is neither black nor white. A Christian is neither Alsa or Yoruba or Ibu. It's not possible. Because he doesn't see from here. He sees from God. But you see, when you see Christians who still, you know, discriminate against a tribe and discriminate against a race, it just tells you that they are not mindful. You know, I don't want to use the word Satan again, but Jesus says to such people, what? Get the word behind me. And what is this to do for you, child of God? It is to help your faith. Why? Because sometimes, you know, people say, give me scriptures to pray with. No, I don't give you scriptures to pray with. God study the scriptures. Let the Holy Spirit transform you. The, what the scripture is for, is for the transformation of your mind. He said, do not be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The scripture is to make you like Jesus. When you become like Jesus, you enter into the inheritance that the Father has already prepared for you. We are not coming, we are not, you know, technicians to get something out of God. God has already given us everything. We've made a statement here. God demonstrated his love towards us. What? That while we are yet sinners, he died. The person that has died for you, is he check you want him to write? He has given you everything. The Christian has everything. If you don't get anything, please get it to this morning. The Christian has everything already. God has given us everything. But because we don't know the way he works, we suffer ourselves. So as we go to the table of communion, but I wanted us to read some things that are there, you know, that the Holy Spirit had Paul write. First Corinthians 11, if you're watching at home, open to the scripture. We are going to look at, um, we normally take for the reading of the scripture from verse 23. But 27 says something to us. It says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. He said, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Not discerning the Lord's body. This is what the Bible is saying here. That you need to discern. You need to critically appraise. What am I getting into? Our Lord Jesus encouraged us that we should count the cost. The Christian comes in and says. He put it this way. If any of you will be my disciple. He said let him first deny himself. Take up his cross and then follow me. Isn't that what he said? Now, deny yourself means what? I'm out of the equation. Then you take up the cross. What is the cross? The cross is his assignment for you. He's calling for you. And then you follow him. So, can you be focused on you while being a disciple? It's not possible. Do you know why you and I, many of us are discouraged, frustrated, you know, harassed? It's because we are trying to move in two directions at the same time. We are focusing on ourselves and then we're trying to follow Jesus. But it won't work that way. The beauty of this, on Wednesday we looked at the scripture where Lord Jesus Christ said, Come to me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I'll do what? I will give you rest. That's what he promises. But you see, if we don't come to him, if we don't trust in him, 
child of God, listen to me. That person that is, you know, tuning you so that your desires are heightened is not helping you one bit. You know, sometimes as human beings, we want to suspend even the common sense that God has given to us. An advertisement is here on television has not helped you with anything. It has only provoked your desire to achieve its purpose. So if you come here and I spend this whole one hour telling you God is going to bless you. God, you're going to do this today. You're going to have this tomorrow. You're going to get this next tomorrow. All I've done now is that I've awakened some kinds of, you know, desires in you. It has nothing to do with its fulfillment. But now the Bible says those who wait upon what? The Lord. What happens? They renew their strength. What does it mean to wait upon the Lord? Your eyes are on him. And then he does the performance. The other one is that you're seeking. The Bible says that a donkey, a donkey knows what? How does it put it? It says the ox knows his master's crib. But the donkey only knows how to go and eat. The ox knows how to serve the master. But the donkey only knows where the food is coming from. What am I saying? Child of God, there is a place of rest. Today, as we come to the communion, let us say to ourselves, I will never be unmindful of the things of God. Why? Because God is already mindful of me. That's what he said. He said, I've got you what? Inscribed upon the palms of my hands. He said, I've known you. Eh? You are my own. I've called you. Before the foundations of the he chose us in him. Praise the Lord. So you and I as a Christian, we are loaded. We are established. Praise the Lord. But because we don't have our focus right, I want to beg you, be from today somebody that heaven will say, we have a kingdom person there. And you'll be amazed how the power of God, the presence of God, the prosperity of God, the things that men seek after, you'll be amazed how what? how they will flow in you and through you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Jesus said to them, this thing that you are going to do with me today, he said, I've desired, I've fervently desired to eat this with you. Luke twenty-two fifteen. 15. He says, I've longed, I've longed, I've longed to have this Passover with you before I suffer. He was saying, what I'm about to do it's my desire to do it for you. Jesus' death and sacrifice was moved by love. He loves you. He loves me. He loves his world. He's so much into us that he said, I'm desiring to do this. I'm desiring to lay my life down. I'm desiring to pay the price. You're here today. You're watching me. And, you know, the enemy is trying to tell you you're forsaken. Look at what Jesus is saying to you and I. Luke twenty-two fifteen. He said, we fervent desire, I've desired to eat this Passover. That Passover was the establishment of the covenant. He says, I've longed to do this. Nobody's pushing me. Remember he said to us, no man takes my life. I lay it down. When Jesus was prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane, I don't have time to explain that. When he was saying, not my way, he was not saying whether going to the cross. It was some other details of the sin of the world being laid on him. And the father withdrawing from him. But for his heart for you, he loves you. Praise the Lord. He loves you. 
And the demonstration of that love is what he's saying. I can't wait. So let us come round this table and take this broken bread as a sign of my body. And even after I'm gone, he said, do it in remembrance of me. You know why? Because right now the Bible says he ever liveth to make intercessions for you and I. God right now is hearing prayers on your behalf. Being prayed by no one else than his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So somebody can quietly say to whatever trouble, whatever challenge, whatever battle, whatever situation that is about to distract him. I am settled. Why? Jesus is praying for me. Jesus is what? Praying for me. Praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for your children. Discern your body. We have no one else but you. Our eyes are not set around us, but our eyes are set towards you. You are our sufficiency. We are complete in you. Our lives are hid in you. Everything that we are, everything that we ever hope for. Lord, even in this season, Lord, that the world is asking questions. And power and anoint this, my brothers and sisters, to be solutions. Let us be answers, O Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you have said you know the things that your children have need of. I want to thank you. Because you are a good, good father. You are a responsible father. You are the El Shaddai. You are multi-breasted. There is no circumstance there that you need to sweat to answer. There is not a thing that is difficult for you. So, Lord, as the eyes of your people are lifted to you, Lord, as the hands, O Lord, of a servant waits upon the master, Lord, I'm saying glorify your name in these lives. Do for them exceedingly abundantly above all they could ask or imagine. All I'm asking is that let their faith be in you. Let their focus be in you. Let them seek the things that you desire. Let them make their hearts your throne. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you the praise. We stand in the gap for our nation, O Lord. And we say, let this blood that we are partaking as representatives of your church. Let it speak mercy and deliverance for this country. Lord, we know that in several ways we have sinned against you corporately, O Lord, and individually. But Lord, today we are crying for mercy. Lord Jesus, we remind you of the blood that you shed on the cross. And that blood, O Lord, as it dropped on the earth, it spoke redemption for the nations of the world. Let that blood speak mercy for this nation. Let peace be restored to this nation. Let prosperity come to this nation. Let justice and equity come to this nation. Let your church experience a revival. Let there be a hunger for the true God. Let the kingdom once again become for righteousness, for peace, and for joy in the Holy Ghost. Lord, we give you praise. Blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. 
have been listening to a message by Pastor Ikina Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.